y'all it's jazz and i'm back with another episode of a lay hot pair so um i am sure when you clicked on this episode you probably saw that uh there's been new branding like there's a new cover um and my picture's on it (laughs) so when i started this podcast way back in 2017 um I didn't really think too much about the cover. Like, I knew I wanted a podcast logo, but I wasn't sure what all I wanted to do with the cover for the podcast. Um, So I left it as is, and it's been that way for almost two years. And um, Friday, like two days ago, because I record on Sundays, um, on Friday, Friday night, actually, uh, afternoon, I kind of got this bug this inspiration bug to redo it um I listen to a lot of podcasts like I listen to a lot of music if you follow my blog which you should uh then you probably know that because I share music with you guys quite frequently if you follow me on Instagram you probably know that too because I share random music with y'all on there too um but one of the more recent podcasts that I started listening to is uh, if I'm being honest with Katie Crenshaw and um she started she just started season two of her podcast and she rebranded like her first season the uh, graphic I mean it was really cute like it was a cartoon uh drawing of her on the couch like it was really cute because it's supposed to be kind of like her show is kind of an intimate conversation about real topics that people just don't talk about like this most recent episode was about Um, this guy whose wife, uh, chose to end her life from postpartum depression. Um, she's had conversations on there about people who are with people who have been addicted to drugs. Um, she's had conversations with, uh, people about like really serious topics about racism, police brutality, like really serious topics that you don't really you don't see a lot of allies speaking up about that topic and a lot of people will say that they're an ally of any like disenfranchised group um not necessarily black people not necessarily um the lgbtq community just any really disenfranchised group um but they don't want to have the uncomfortable conversation and uh katie is like she's really having those uncomfortable conversations so i will definitely link her show at the in the information section of this episode and I didn't realize I was going to do a full plug for it but yeah it tune in like tune in she has a really good show but I brought her up to bring up the fact that she recently rebranded um her new season has a different graphic and I love it like I absolutely love it um I didn't want to go that route because I feel like my last graphic was essentially that route I wanted to do something a little bit different and I wanted to I guess make sure you guys knew who I was (laughs) because even on my Instagram for my podcast it was just the logo like the graphic was just the logo and there were a few pictures of me um scattered through on the static feed or whatever but I wanted to make sure that you guys knew who I was you're able to put a face with a name um or a face with a voice (laughs) so Friday night I got to working and that's what I came up with so I hope you like it um And it's probably going to be that way for a while, probably for another two years, unless I get this inspiration bug again. (laughs) But, um, 
you might have noticed that I also changed the information for it. So it's Lay Hot Pair, a bi-weekly podcast with me, Jazz Daigle. Um, and I'm not saying that my cousin, Tavaria, is not going to be a regular host on here. I'm just saying that um, she will be like a regular guest host. Like, I'm not saying she's never going to be on the show again, but she'll just be a regular guest host. She has a lot going on in her life, and I didn't want her to feel any kind of obligation to um, continuously be on or anything like that. So I wanted to make sure that I gave her um, the opportunity to, not the opportunity, because she was going to do it anyway, but I didn't want you guys to feel like, oh, well, she's not here. At the end of the day, uh, it'll mainly be me. And, of course, I'll have other guests coming in, and Tavario will just be my, my regular guest host. So when I do have guest hosts, um, there's a good chance that she will be the regular guest host. So, uh, let's get into this episode. Um, so, a lot has happened this week. Like, this past week, there's been so much going on. There's been so much going on in the news. Um, there's been so much going on in, like, pop culture. There's been a lot going on. Um, There was this huge, um, I guess the topic of submission within relationships got big again after a interview, after an interview that Fantasia did with The Breakfast Club. And while I would love to get into that right now, I actually want to do an entire uh, Dating Chronicles episode and feature that. So the next Dating Chronicles episode, I'm going to have another host on there because I need, that needs to be a conversation. So um, I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about submission. I'm going to talk about how um, black women in relationship, how our relationships are being seen differently as others or than others. Um, I'm going to talk, I mean, it's just going to be a whole episode. So there's a reason why I'm not talking about that today. Um, but it's coming. It's coming. If it's not coming next week, it'll be coming the week after that. Um, and yes, I know that my cover still says that it's a bi-weekly show because that's what I want to commit to giving you guys. I want to essentially under-promise and over-deliver. <laughs> like, I don't want to say a weekly, a weekly show and then y- y- we go two, three weeks without it happening. So I'm going to promise a bi-weekly show. And then if I give you guys a weekly show, then it just happens. It just happens. Um, but I did want to talk about a few other things this week. So, um, the prime minister that we know and love, Justin Trudeau, came out recently that he was, um, not only photographed in blackface, but he partook in blackface not once, not twice, but three times. Um, it came out once and then he got in front of press and be like, actually, I did this two more times. So he totaled himself, um, for the other two times. And I respect that. Um, we are in the midst of cancel culture and I am not a Canadian citizen. I just want to let you guys know that right now I born and raised here in Texas. Um, and even though at times Texas feels like its own country. (laughs) And if you ask any Texan, we'll let you know that we, we bought that life. Um, we are, still a part of the United States. So I'm an American citizen. Um, Justin Trudeau is actually one of the world leaders that I'm quite fond of. So when I found out that he partook in blackface, um, 
I was not, I was heartbroken. Like it was one of those, dang, really? Like, um, and people immediately were calling for cancellation of them. They're like, we don't support them anymore. Whoop de woo. Uh, and I, I actually had this conversation with, and it wasn't necessarily about politicians coming out with, um, like having a racial, well, yeah, it is, but we didn't talk about Trudeau. We talked about one of uh, a United States representative, a U.S. representative. Um, but we talked about how we're so quick to cancel people um, without actually saying if they've grown from it. Like we're not giving people the grace for growth or the opportunity to change. And um, while Trudeau didn't get brought up in that conversation on Saturday night, he was in the back of my mind. So we were actually talking about another senator who um, had made some pretty racial, another Southern senator who made um, some pretty racial statements. And he, when he was younger and all that, and he was like, but I've changed. And it came out and he was forced to give up a seat. And then the person who was going to be a successor had some sexual assault charges brought up against him. So it was just a all, it was just a mess. Um, and so the, the uh, representative who had the racial implications or the rate, like had just a racist background. People were like, well, he's changed. That was, um, that was back in the seventies. That was 40, whatever, 40 years ago, almost, it was a while ago. And we, as a society, we haven't really been giving people the opportunity for redemption if that makes sense, like I'm all for, I understand canceling someone and like expecting them to do better. Um, but, and I really don't like people using the excuse, oh, he was younger and he was a kid and he didn't know any better. And that was the times then, but here's the thing you, in my opinion, you might get a pass if you've shown that you've grown since then. So like this particular representative um he the policies the the um policies that he's stood behind and the policies that he's put in place since he's been an elected official don't reflect that he's grown uh past his racist beliefs they just don't so in that case i'd say cancel him at period um and you guys i'm actually trying to make sure i get like all my water ounces in so i'm gonna take a sip right now which is kind of like I'm not sipping tea and saying that, like I'm actually drinking water, but it's kind of like reminiscent of me, of me sipping tea and saying that, cancel him, he can be canceled. Trudeau, like I said, I'm not a Canadian citizen. So what I've seen is what, um, I mean, it's, it's what's been shown to us and I would love to have a Canadian on to get more, I mean, to speak to them about how they feel about his policies and how they feel um, about what he just how he's helped their country um, in his how he's helped and hurt their country like during throughout his term. Um, I feel like he's grown since then. Like, yes, blackface is terrible. I, we all know that blackface is racist. Um, we know that it's terrible. But I feel like he's kind of shown his growth since then. And I'm telling y'all, I tell you guys this all the time. Let me know if I'm wrong. Like, I have no problem being corrected. Please let me know if I'm wrong. So if you do, if you if you believe that I'm wrong, you can send me a DM. You can send me an email. Let me know that I'm wrong. 
so in his situation, I feel like um, an honest apology, like a heartfelt apology would suffice in that situation. Um, and this is just me. I'm not speaking for all black people. I'm not speaking for all black women. I'm not speaking for women. I'm speaking for Jasmine. I'm speaking for me. So I feel like that would suffice because I feel like um, the policies and his stances on a lot of issues about uh, disenfranchised groups and um, natives and I mean, just a, a lot of issues. He's shown that he's grown and that he's changed. So um, I don't know. I'd love to know what you guys think about that. Um, I haven't heard too many people talk about that recently. So I would love to know what you guys think about that. Um, but, ooh, ouch. So I'm rubbing my shoulder. <laughs> uh, I got a flu shot last week. I, I, I typically get them every year. And I can't remember the last time I had to pay for them because I feel like our job always pay, my job always pay, pays for them. But um, I got a flu shot this past Thursday. And after getting it, I think like the day after getting it, I came across this article saying that the governor or mayor, let me make sure I'm getting this right. It is, hold on. So New York passed um, a, actually this was passed and it was enacted in June. Um, saying that students who haven't been vaccinated aren't allowed to attend public schools. And they were given like a 14 day grace period and all stuff like that. So it happened, it was passed. Um, it was passed and enacted. It was passed a while ago, enacted in June Well, the kids are already out of school. So boom, no problem. Uh, there wasn't a whole, there wasn't a big issue there. Well, kids are back in school. And we're at the, we're reaching, if I'm not mistaken, passing the 14 day grace period that they were given parents to vaccinate their children in order for them to go to public school. And, um, these anti-vaxxers didn't want to do it. They, for whatever reason, whether it's religious, whether they just don't believe in it, whatever. Um, and so now these students are being pulled and it's not a laughing matter. I shouldn't have laughed about that. My apologies. These students are being pulled out of school. I 100% back the decision to not allow kids to go to public school if they haven't been vaccinated. Um, we recently, or New York, recently had the worst measles outbreak in a very long time, like last year, because kids weren't vaccinated. And what baffles me is that these same parents who are, and they have every right to do this because this is well within your American rights, to picket and to protest um, about having to vaccinate their kids. They've been vaccinated. Like, their parents have been vaccinated. So they're alive today and not having to deal with a lot of these diseases that have been gone for decades because their parents vaccinated them. And I understand. I'm not a parent. So um, so I can't say that their child needs to be vaccinated, but I don't think it's fair that they are risking the lives of other kids by not vaccinating their own children. And, and then exposing other kids to diseases that have been gone for decades. Um, so I 100% stand behind that, stand behind the decision. I don't know if it's going to happen here in Texas. I feel like we don't have too many anti-vaxxers here in Texas, and I could be wrong. Um, there might be like a small sect of parents who are really 
against vaccinations. Um, but yeah, I feel like most kids, at least here in Houston, are vaccinated. So we haven't had to come across that. So we don't have that kind of law that needs to be passed. That kind of law hasn't been proposed here because I don't think it's needed. Um, but I am behind that. I'm behind it because it's not fair. It's like you have every right to not vaccinate your child. That's fine. That's cool. But you don't have the right to make a decision for my child's health uh, by not vaccinating your child. So I think it's, I don't think you should be able to do that. I just don't. Um, and one of the things that really pissed me off about the protest, I'm not saying that they can't protest. I just didn't agree with the way they were protesting and some of the things that they were saying. So they were comparing it to the civil rights movement of the 60s and Ruby Bridges and how kids are, they were saying healthy kids weren't being allowed to go to school and all that. And you not being able to vaccinate your child is not the same as these kids being chased with dogs, hosed, pushed, beat, all that because you didn't want integration. Integration and anti-vaccination are not the same thing. Anti-vax, anti-vaccinations and racism is not the same thing and they should not be compared. Like I was absolutely livid when I started seeing those comparisons. Some of them even had the nerve enough to have um, pictures of Ruby Bridges, like saying, oh, this is another thing of this. And then bringing, some of them even brought up and Frank and I'm like, no, no, this is not, this is not, no, these are not the same. These are apples and oranges. And how dare you cheapen something like the Holocaust and the civil rights movement just to make it fit your narrative. Like that's bullshit and it's terrible. And I'm pissed that people even parted their lips or even cracked their knuckles to type this mess. So boo on you. And I stand behind the uh, New York policy period. I do. Another thing that was really um, prevalent this week was black girl magic. And I know I say that a lot. Um, We have a lot of black girl magic happening uh, in the media, just period. in like in this country now, Um, Tracy Ellis Ross dropped a new hair care line specifically for 3B to 4C hair types. And my curly girls out there know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, And I cannot wait to try it. So it's called Pattern Beauty. Uh, And up until I think this week, it was only available on the website. But this week it will be available in Ulta. I think Ulta. Um, And also on their website, I think it's Ulta. I'm pretty sure it is. Um, So I already have my eye on, I want to try the travel set. Like, I want to see if it, I want to see how it works with my hair. Cause I have my tried and true um, products. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I have been, I got my last perm in 2007. Um, and I, I had a full head of curls probably fall of 2008. So it took like a year. I did a long transition. I didn't do a big chop. Um, so I have been a product junkie. I have had cabinets full of product because I didn't know what would work. I've had, um, yeah, I mean, I've done the whole like swap and stuff, trying to see what works for me and, uh, recommending products to other people. Now I know, like I have my 
tried and true products but I do want to try this because it's specifically for 3B to 4C hair so I I'm, think I'm going to get the trials of uh, the travel set um and give it a try and I've heard great things about the brush too like the detangling brush mm. so I definitely want to give that a try um but so so we had that and then we also had the kind of um scandal with H&M once again H&M is in hot water or the black community was like pissed about that or pissed with H&M so this time it was about the picture um of this girl so H&M had a photo shoot and they had this every child in there looked disheveled like everybody's hair looked a mess um I think they called the kids in after school like it was supposed to be like a day in not a day in the life but it was supposed to be like real life what these kids look like after a full day of activities. So everyone's, everyone's hair looked disheveled. I mean, the kids look like they just left school. Um, but the little black girl that they had there, she had 4C hair. So she had, um, she just had 4C hair. Like, I don't know how, very tight curls. Um, and they put her hair back into a, a ponytail. Like it was very simple ponytail. Well, people were pissed. They were absolutely livid. They were complaining that her edges weren't slicked back. They were complaining that, um, they were saying that uh, she should have just had an afro. Somebody should have combed this girl's hair, all that. So here's the deal. That is not the hill that I'm willing to die on. In fact, I saw nothing wrong with this girl's hair. Um, I don't know about y'all. But, uh, there were many a day that I came home from school looking very similar. Now, when I was younger, I didn't have natural hair, but I had permed hair and my hair was all over my head for probably most of my childhood after school. Like my mom would send me to school with my hair looking nice and all stuff like that. And recess would happen or life would happen and I'd come back looking all haphazard. So, um, in fact, I have like school pictures of me looking a mess because they decided to take them after recess and my plaits and ponytails looked a mess. So I don't, I don't think what they did was racist. Like, I think that was the theme of the shoot and the anger that people were expressing with H&M needed to be redirected internally. Like, I feel like they have a problem with seeing 4C hair in the media. Like, we bitch and moan, and I say we because... I say we as like the black community, like the American black community. We bitch and moan about representation. We bitch and moan about um, there not being enough chocolate and darker skinned people in the, like being represented in media, whether it be print, whether it be movies, whether whatever, advertisements, whatever. We bitch and moan about that. But when we see it, we bitch and moan about how it looks. So they have a darker skinned girl with 4C hair, which is something that you really just don't see in print advertisement because you don't. Like you see a lot of, you're not really sure what they are. They could be mixed. They might not be black or they have like really three, uh, they have like 3B or 2B loose curls, whatever. Or they might even have curls like mine. So um, you don't see a lot of like kinky, coily, curly hair on models. And I think that internalized, and I wouldn't necessarily say it's self-hate, but that internalized, like, 
we're just so used to seeing slick or we're how can I put this we're not used to seeing hair that looks naturally like ours on the screen so we as black women are so used to conforming our hair so that we don't make other people uncomfortable so that's why you see a lot of people with straight I mean that's for the longest time that's why relaxers were so popular um people of course folks would say it's easier to manage relaxed hair um I mean my natural hair is pretty easy to manage too but that's neither here nor there um, but that was one of the reasons why relaxers got super popular because you didn't want to make people uncomfortable with your afro and you wanted to make sure that you had, um, you were professional. You wanted to make sure that you were put together and all that stuff like that. Like the whole put together, put together kept coming up. Oh, she doesn't look put together. She needs to have her hair brushed on that. She's a child and it's supposed to be an after school shoot. Like she looks how she's supposed to look. So I felt like a lot of the a lot of the anger that was being directed towards H&M should have been directed towards the black community. Like, why are we so put off by seeing this child's hair in its natural state and print? Why? Why? I don't get it. Um, I actually had that conversation with a few people and um, I think I had two people agree with me. Like, there were other people who were like, oh, they could have at least brushed it. They could have, um, they could have brushed her, the, her kitchen that was out. And I'm like, yeah, but they didn't. And if you look at the rest of it, like seeing that image by itself, had I just seen that image by itself, I'd have been pissed too. But once I saw that image it like, once I saw the full picture, I got it 100% got it. And that's when we need to redirect our anger towards us. And why do we feel this way about seeing 4C here in its natural state in the media? Um, one of the other things that I wanted to talk about before I wrapped up this episode is the video that recently surfaced um, about this mother in Target who verbally came after and she actually she threatened to punch the girl. Um, this a white woman reached over her daughter and she has a young daughter um and instead of saying excuse me she reached over her daughter and grabbed something and um the mother was livid like she was she completely stepped in the girl's space she didn't say excuse me and the mother went off on the uh, white woman who did that the black mother went off on the white woman who did that so do i agree with the way the black mother handled the situation. No, I'm also not a mother. Um, do I understand why she did it? Absolutely. 100%. I 100% understand why she did that. So I don't know if this has been ingrained in, especially black women. I don't know if this has been ingrained in us since, I don't know, probably forever. Um, out of habit, and I don't know if this is necessarily taught to me, but out of habit, until probably two, three years ago, I would automatically move out of someone, especially if it was a, um, a white person, like an older white person, I would move out of their way, I would, um, man or woman, I'd move out of their way, I'd, uh, I would try to make myself small in situations around 
other people just so I wouldn't be in the way. Um, because it was always, oh, you, I didn't want to take up space. And it wasn't until I had a conversation with a therapist of mine that I realized that I was doing this, that I was just like un- subconsciously just doing this. Um, this was also when I used to apologize unnecessarily a lot. Like it's gotten better recently. Um, but I used to apologize unnecessarily a ton. So I completely understand why that mother did that. Um, why she went off on that woman. And what was, what, what was weird was, I don't know if I, I'm saying that I wouldn't have reacted the same way, but if I was in her situation, I might have. So I've, this actually happened today. I was at a photo shoot today for, um, another podcast that I'm helping relaunch and we were outside. I mean, we were outside in Houston, downtown at the Discovery Green. And we were on a sidewalk and there was, I mean, there was room to go around us and everything. And there was this family who walked right in the middle of our shoot. They could have walked around. They could have, whatever. They walked right through our shoot. They didn't say, excuse me. They didn't say anything. And I thought, like, I grew up thinking that it was possibly a Southern thing. Um, I would always say, excuse me. Like, if I ever had to go around somebody or if I had to get something and someone was in the way you would say excuse me to at least let them know hey you're here like hey you're you're in their bubble um or that asking them if they could scoot over a little bit no they didn't say that they didn't apologize they didn't say excuse me and so I was like wow people really want and I said this out loud I was like wow people walk through and not say excuse me they didn't flinch or do anything and so I don't know if that's something that was taught to or taught to black and brown kids or what but I am now in the space and I say this as a 31 year old woman I take up space I am on this planet and I take up space and you're going to respect that so no longer am I walking down the hall anywhere but especially like at work no longer am I walking down the hallways with my head down and like playing freaking frogger to um avoid walking into people no If you're walking at me, when you say excuse me is when I move around. If you can't see me, I can't see, or if you can't at least acknowledge me, I'm going to act, I'm not going to act, I'm going to act like I can't see you, period. Um, I'm tired of being expected to accommodate someone or excuse me. I'm yeah. Yeah. Whether they say it out loud or whether it's like, or whether they, whether their actions reflect that I'm tired of me having to be the one expected to accommodate people. That's not happening anymore. I'm done with it. And take another sip of water um (laughs) and I completely understand where that mother is coming from so I was walking with my manager last week we're going to go check out something after the rain we're going to go check out a potential leak after we had some heavy rain last week and for those of you who don't know um or for those of you who've asked because I've had a lot of people hit me up I'm okay I didn't take on any water at my place my family's okay they didn't take on uh any water either um but we had some pretty bad rain like some Harvey-esque rain hit Texas last week um and we had a little bit of we had a few leaks at work so we were going to check that out and one of our security officers walked up and he was talking to us and uh, my manager's like, are you going to scoot over? And I'm like, no, I'm not. And so my manager, I've known her for years, but she is a Hispanic woman. 
So that's why I think that this was taught to black and brown people to like, to make yourself, not necessarily make yourself small, but like, you should be, you're, you should accommodate other people. Like, and even in like massive hallways and sky bridges, you, and when there's so much other, or like a ton of other space for other people to walk around in, if they're walking towards you, you need to be the one to go, like make yourself smaller, redirect your path to get out of the way. No, bump that. No, bump that. Um, so she said, are you going to scoot over? And I'm like, no, I'm here. I take up space. And if someone needs to pass me, they can go around me. I'm not going to stop or I'm not going to, they can go around me and they can say, excuse me, or they can go around me. She was like, oh, okay. And I don't know if that caught her off guard. It sounded like it did. Um, but I feel like that needs to be taught. Like, I feel like that's one of the things that especially, like, if it's not taught in grade school, it needs to be taught in college. That is not something that we need to take into the workforce with us. And I really wish somebody would have sat me down and said something about this when I was in undergrad. Like, you don't need to be making yourself small in work in the workplace. We already do it enough. We don't need to continue doing that. So um, while I don't 100% agree with how the black mother handled this, especially with when it came to threatening to put hands on the woman. Um, I understand why she did it. Completely understand why she did it. And I back her up. I back her up. So um, we are going to, and I say we, and it's just me. <laughs> um, that actually concludes this episode. Um, this was a hot take episode. Uh, and it truly was that because I feel like it was kind of all over the place, but it kind of tied in together. Maybe we'll see. Um, <laughs> but I will be back soon with another Dating Chronicles episode. And you guys aren't going to want to miss that. So um, as usual, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, any particular topics you want me to talk about, you can send them, uh, you can DM them to me. You can DM them to the podcast uh, platform or podcast profile as well. So and all that jazzy orally hot pair. Um, you can email me. You can tweet me. Like, I feel like there are a million and one ways you can get in contact with me. Um, I want to thank you guys again for tuning in and let me know what you think about the rebranding. Like, let me know if, um, let me know if that's something you guys like, or if I should go back to the old logo. I don't know. I kind of pulled a 50 cent, uh, power move and (laughs) changed it up halfway. Um, but yeah, thank y'all so much for tuning in and I hope you guys have a great week. Bye.